Hello, I'm Mary Schuster, and this is RamQuest Pandemic Practices Podcast. My guest today is Tyler Adams with Certified. We discuss the most common aspects of fraud schemes that are being perpetrated today in real estate transactions, how the scammers actually pull it off, how the pandemic has allowed for newer types of fraud schemes to become more prevalent, the possible repercussions of the huge solar wind hack, and we talk about how title companies can best protect themselves and their consumers from getting ripped off. Ah, Folks, fraud. We have to talk about it because you're out there fighting the good fight against it every day. You have to not only craft policies to protect against it and make sure every employee is following those practices, you also have to educate other stakeholders in the transaction to the best of your ability. You have to harden your technology systems, try to figure out what the latest and worst new scams are out there. You've no doubt scoured your E&O policies to determine if you have coverage, and if so, what that coverage actually is. So we thought you might like a hand in thinking through all of that from someone who lives 24-7 in the fraud fighting business. Tyler Adams is an operations executive who takes on every adventure with unbridled enthusiasm. The lure of entrepreneurship began at a young age for Tyler when his parents taught him how to hustle, the importance of people skills, and introduced him to the kind of business acumen it takes to create financial independence. He was always the kid trying to start a business, not knowing how much this would help shape his professional future. After earning a degree in operations and technology management and finance, Tyler set off to conquer the business world and has explored a number of ventures from founding technology development companies and corporate team management. So now as COO at Certified, Tyler designs and implements business strategies, product features, and internal processes by establishing a structure that promotes the company's culture and mission. He prides himself on being a seasoned problem solver and collaborative partner, and he names his core strength as the ability to break down big vision into tangible steps to create a path for successful execution. These skills were put to test a few years back when he actually won season 26 of CBS's Amazing Race. Tyler, hello, and welcome to Pandemic Practices. Some listeners might not be familiar with sort of the creation story behind how Certified was conceived and and built and developed. So as an entree point for them, can you tell how that came into being? Uh, so back in 2015, my partner, Tom Cronkright, uh, he runs a large title agency in Michigan. It's called Sun Title. Uh, and in 2015, they were hit with a wire fraud. Uh, they believed that they were sending out money for seller proceeds. And in fact, it had been intercepted uh, and they sent money to a fraudster. So when they found that out and started searching for, you know, ways that they could have prevented that fraud or implemented technology to help them make sure that they were sending money to the appropriate person, uh, Tom and his business partner, Lawrence uh, from Sun Title, they were just kind of, you know, at a, at a crossroads or a dead end. They said, we just got hit with a very sophisticated fraud. They didn't feel like there was a technology or process or something that could have been put in place to prevent it. Uh, And so they set out to try to find a solution and or or build a solution rather. And Tom and I, uh, we actually we worked together in a previous life. uh, And at the time I was developing technology uh, at Boston Consulting Group. I had actually been on a long-standing project with First American Financial, so I had just gotten kind of a an MBA in title insurance over the course of 18 months, 
and then Tom called me and said, you know, I just got hit with this wire fraud and I'm looking to create a solution to try to help you know, support my business and protect it, but then hopefully also protect the rest of this industry from fraud as well. So we got to work in 2017 and started putting uh, the technology together, releasing a product later in 2018. And now here we are uh, at the beginning of 2021, protecting almost $4 billion a month from fraud on certified. That was a problem in search of a solution for sure. So Even though this is pandemic practices, let's halt for a little bit on discussing what's evolved during COVID and let's go back a little bit and set the stage in general, pre-COVID, if we can remember back that far. What were some of the alarming trends you guys were seeing before, say, last March? You know, a lot of the trends in fraud were similar pre-COVID than they are today. They've just been exacerbated with a COVID environment. And the reason for that is that, you know, fraudsters prey on stress and uncertainty. They look for entry points that enable them to sort of sneak in unknown. And and with real estate transactions, what's really interesting about them and why it's so ripe for fraud is because you have so many different parties involved in any transaction And there's a lot of stress to get that transaction done in a really short period of time, right? Now, couple that with people who have never gone through the process before or even know what to expect in the process, and you've created this sort of perfect environment for a fraudster to sneak in and say, hey, listen to me because I'm going to you know, tell you something that you should know or here's some information about where you should send money um, in an unsuspecting buyer I can very easily fall for a trick like that. So, you know, it, it really is the the number of parties involved, the ease and access to the information. So much of the information is public when it comes to a real estate transaction. I can go online, I can figure out, you know, who's the agent, what's the address of the home, who's the old homeowner, who's the title company, and then so much money at stake. There's a lot of money moving through these transactions as well. So they've become you know, a huge target for fraudsters just because, you know, if you could do one fraud and have $200,000 check, or you can go and try to commit, you know, much smaller frauds for $2,000 a pop, they're, they're definitely going to move towards the the bigger money uh, here in, in the real estate world. Sure. You know, especially with consumers, many, I'm sure, have had good tech hygiene practices, maybe training at work and in their work environment, they're thinking about it. They know where the risks are and the potholes, um, you know, they know not to click on this email. But to your point, there are so many professional stakeholders involved in a transaction. And then, you know, typically, especially if it's a purchase transaction, their life's in a bit of chaos anyway. And they are so afraid to do anything to cause a delay that could mess it up so that Normally, protocols that they might think of in their workplace, they may be falling more susceptible to when they're in the consumer space. Is that fair? Oh, for, for sure. And, and I mean, so this is I've been studying this space for the last seven years now, and I'm actually a still a, a first time home buyer. So I'm going through the home buying process oh, right now. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's been fascinating to me because for as much as I've seen it and I've gone through our own customer's workflow and I've outlined every single step of the process, however many times I look at it, 
it is so different once it's your money. Yes, it is. Once it is your money leaving your account. And although I knew all the parties involved and I knew I was going to have to talk to my loan company and I knew I was going to have to talk to my real estate agent and I knew I was going to have to talk to the seller and to the seller's agent and to the title company, when all of those communications started pouring in right at the time where you know we had just gone under contract, I got asked to send an option money via Venmo. I got asked to send a wire for our earnest money deposit. I was sending money out for inspection. And honestly, there were a few points in there where I thought, you know what, this could have easily been somebody else or I can see how consumers can get tricked in those moments. And and I feel for them. I really do. You got a lot of people out there, especially on the buy side. It was the third house we put an offer in because it's so competitive right now. So then the pressure is even higher that by the time that you get the one where they're like, hey, this house is under contract and you actually got it. Well, now you definitely don't want a mistake. You're like, I'll pay whoever I have to pay. Like, let's just pay these things. I don't want anyone to say that we missed out on it. That's right. It really does change how you know, your mind works in those moments, you're a lot more likely to bypass the email line and see that, you know, an I was changed to an L or that something was different. And I think that's what's different about this space is that no matter how careful you are, given the gravity of the situation and what you're trying to accomplish, just think that it's so easy for people to make a mistake. And even if they don't, somebody else as part of that transaction could, you know, your real estate agent might be the one that clicks on the wrong thing, or, you know, your spouse might've gotten another email when you were getting contacted for something. And there's just so much Mm -hmm. uh, that has to go right, that it's really easy for one thing to go wrong. You're right. And so let's talk about where some of those vulnerable points in the transaction are with regard to the the moving of the funds. And also let's talk about some of the more critical time windows. So who's at risk and when is the risk the highest? So there's two places where, where we see the greatest risk. The first is for a buyer and it's really early on in the transaction. So we're seeing, you know, from day one, a buyer getting targeted once they've been identified effectively as a as a buyer go under contract for a home we'll see them begin to get targeted with fraudulent information that says here's where you need to send your money for your wire uh, whether it's for emd or for cash to close in fact we've had buyers that we've seen and helped try to recover their funds for them where certified wasn't even used that had been tricked into sending money for cash to close, you know, weeks before the closing was even going to take place. That's the first one. Buyers getting targeted early and often to send funds in the transaction. I think the second one is title companies that are getting targeted from fraudsters that are either impersonating sellers or impersonating mortgage companies with fraudulent mortgage payoffs. So we see that pretty regularly as well. Now that one, we believe that with proper technology and process in a title operation, you you should have a pretty good chance to prevent those just because there is a little bit more muscle memory. You're doing a lot of transactions and you should be able to more regularly see a nuance 
But on that buyer side, you know, that's where we spend a lot of our time because we feel like these are consumers that are just hanging out in the wind and can be so easily tricked. Yes. And so are there specific windows of time that are more vulnerable than others? Have you seen? Um, the timing on the buyer side, we we always talk to our title company customers and inform them the minute that they know who a buyer is in the transaction to inform them immediately of the risks of wire fraud. Because it all depends on where the entry point was from the fraudsters. And unfortunately, based on what we know, a lot of fraudsters are hanging out inside email accounts right now. So they've already got access to a real estate agent's account, or they've already got access to uh, a title company's account. And they're just waiting to find out, okay, a home closing is under contract. They get that buyer name, that buyer email, and boom, they are going to start sending them emails immediately. We always try to encourage that it's from day one. The minute that you know who they are, you need to act. That being said, the other time is at cash to close. So we do see you know, where a fraudster might be less inclined to go for an EMD transaction. They might not be brave enough to try to convince a buyer to send their cash to close two weeks early. And they'll wait right until that last minute. And when wiring instructions get sent or when an email gets told to them from their title agent, like here is the closing cost final number, they'll insert another email right there that says, oh, by the way, don't forget, here's the wiring instructions. So it's always, you know, right when money is most likely to get moved that you're going to see the fraudster try to insert themselves into that transaction. As emotions are high, as the moving truck is being loaded up, as again, the consumer's trying so desperately not to do anything that'll throw off the deal, even by a day, that is a very vulnerable window. Now, we hear a lot of frustrations from our title and settlement agents about realtors, emails, not always being super secure. And I I think that there's been some improvement on that in the realtor community. I think that they're beginning to understand why a Hotmail or a Gmail is not going to be okay. But you still have consumers working with their personal emails that are exceedingly vulnerable. And to your point, I'm sure that there are many fraudsters sitting lurking out there just waiting to get lucky and have that person engage in a major purchase or sale transaction like this. And do you guys know if more intrusions are coming from a realtor's email account or consumer's email account? Or what are your thoughts on that? We're confident that the most amount of intrusions are coming from real estate agents' accounts. And, you know, people point a lot of fingers at real estate agents Uh, not having secure email set up or not using multi-factor authentication. And I would strongly encourage any real estate agent listening to turn on multi-factor authentication as soon as possible. But the reality of it is, is that it's based on where they are and they have to have their face out there. They have to have their name out there because they're actively trying to help sell homes. Therefore, that puts them in a vulnerable situation. So Sure, a fraudster could go and try to target every single home buyer um, and hope that they pick the right one. But fraudsters are smarter than that, and they're targeting the real estate agent, knowing that it's this guy's job or, or woman's job to sell homes. So chances are, if I can get into one of their accounts in the next month, 
I'm going to see activity. I'm going to start to see who a buyer is, who a seller is, what title company I'm working for. It's a matter of do you go where, you know, you know money is going to flow through or do you go try to play the lottery with every consumer and hope that one of them is buying a home soon? Um, They're definitely going after where the volume is. How has that turned up or changed due to COVID? What's happened there? So COVID presented an, a number of challenges for the real estate industry uh, specifically. And some of the challenges obviously were in other industries as well. But I think the first was just distance between employees and employer. You know, we sent a lot of people home to work from home and to continue to do their jobs from a internet connection that wasn't as secure from a laptop that might be didn't have all updated hardware and software on it and, and set them up in an environment that wasn't as friendly or secure as, as what it was at work. The second thing is that we separated title companies from the real estate agents and referral partners. So now instead of meeting face-to-face more regularly or coming in to the office, you know, that relationship started to see some more distance between it. Next, we think a lot of people just canceled trainings and team huddles. There was so much work that was going on with interest rates as low as they were. It was just like trying to keep our heads above water, you know, trying to take care of the kids while they're running around in the living room because they're not back at school. There were a lot of those additional stressors and distractions placed and owners weren't saying, hey, you know, you're in the office. Let's all look out for each other. Let's remember that, you know, fraud is still bad. Or even if you're not talking about fraud, just general processes that you used to have in an organization that started to break down when people were working from home. Then just the overall volume. You know, we had one of the highest years we've ever had. That stress that I talked about as a first time home buyer, uh, I saw that stress in all of our customers' eyes. You know, just can we delay this? We need more time. We don't have time. Do you know anybody that could come help us? How do we increase capacity? Can you do to help us give us a couple more minutes every day? Uh, and that sort of stress obviously creates an environment where where mistakes can happen as well. And then finally, there was additional advent of new technologies. A lot of people moved to remote online notarization. More companies adopted security solutions that they hadn't used before. They adopted other sorts of e-recording platforms and things that they just didn't have a ton of experience with previously. I think all of those things put in a blender together and... You just got a really, really tough year for a lot of individuals in a high stress space that they want to do what's best for their business and for their job and ultimately for the consumer. And we were just asking a ton from them as a result of COVID. To your point, a multi-step process that could have been easily in place when they were in the office or for those that are have been still going to their office every day, they now have to, you know, don a hazmat suit and do a complete cleaning in between closings. Some of those regular safety steps could so easily fall away while picking up all these other additional duties as a sign that has come about, to your point, 
from volume and from just trying to keep a safe and clean workplace for your consumers to come in and, and have a closing if, they, if for those that are doing it in the office. Exactly. And I think the other thing, you had those moments, right? When you're in an office environment or that you know, hey, can you look over this commitment? Or can you look at this email for me real fast? I'm not sure something looks funny. That conversation used to be a lot easier when you were in the office together, and you didn't feel like you were interrupting somebody. But now all of a sudden, I've got to either set up a Zoom call or call on Teams and then share my screen. And this industry is an older industry in terms of folks who are in it and the way that they leverage technology. And I think that new tools um, and then how to use those tools to interact in a more common way became a big uh, deterrent to trying to find solutions that otherwise would have been a quick and easy conversation in an office. Mm -hmm. In the realm of COVID, what's sort of been the top COVID scam that you guys have seen targeted to customers out there? The number one COVID scam that we see is around uh, COVID-related employee benefits. Okay. So, you know, one thing that's interesting about fraudsters and the way that they act is they're looking at search volume, right? So they, it's very easy to go into Google and to look at what are the most highly searched for terms? What are people looking for on the internet? And then it takes them about 12 to 24 hours to adjust their strategies to then go and target those exact things. And COVID-related employee benefits was at the top of that list. So people were looking for eligibility for special benefits, trying to figure out if they would be covered if they got sick or if they could stay home from work. And then we just saw a huge spike in the amount of communications, whether it be, you know, phishing style emails or other fake websites and phishing sites that got launched to say, you know, you're eligible for this benefit or, you know, talk to your employer because you should get these benefits because they're available to you in your area. And that became, you know, the number one sort of phishing entry point for a lot of accounts to get compromised during COVID. And unfortunately, we're still seeing that, but the trend is just changing, right? The search terms have changed. And you know what it is now? It's vaccine or what's the COVID vaccine? When's it going to be available for me? Oh, sure. So now all of a sudden you're starting to get uh, a lot more phishing scams around the vaccine. And they're they're definitely not slowing down uh, in any way, shape or form. Because again, it just goes back to that preying on uncertainty and stress. and And that's where these phishing attempts are getting pushed through and activated by unsuspecting victims. Oh, Tyler, that's such a good tip because we tend to think about and keep our guarded posture up with transaction-related items. But our own personal and employee-type questions have opened up a whole new space of vulnerability for the title and settlement companies themselves, haven't they? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, they know that you are more careful with a transaction. But when it comes to something for yourself, just like that, like an employee benefit, now all of a sudden they've got an entry point to everybody at an office. 
Well, okay, I'm going to ask you to then take out your crystal ball and put on your forecast hat. And what do you predict some trends we're going to see for the remainder of this year might be? At Certified, we've developed a relationship with the Secret Service, which has been really neat. And a lot of people will say, Secret Service? Are you sure it's the Secret Service? Like, don't they just help the president? And that's all I know about the Secret Service. But uh, no, in fact, there is a, a whole department via the Secret Service uh, that's responsible for business email compromise. And, th- and that's ultimately what we're trying to prevent. Uh, we just help prevent it most specifically in the real estate world. But business email compromise is simply what we've been talking about. Somebody getting fished or somebody taking over an account and then utilizing those credentials in order to trick somebody along the way. So in the year ahead, I really think that Unfortunately, there's going to continue to be COVID and vaccine communications that are utilized for phishing. I think we're going to see a lot of that. It's not going to slow down. You know, vaccines are going to take this whole year to roll out and it's going to continue to be top of mind for a lot of people because everybody wants to and is eager to get back to, you know, normal life. So they say, right. Uh, So I think that that's going to be one area where you're going to want to be really careful. The next that we're seeing from a fraud perspective is this idea of what's called synthetic identities, credentials just being bought and traded on the dark web. You know, you had a huge breach this year with solar winds. There's others that have been coming to fruition. And there is an insane amount of data, personally identifiable information that gets traded every single day on the dark web. And then those identities are used to open up bank accounts, create synthetic identities, and then ultimately go and start making transactions or moving money that's effectively a ghost. There's nobody really there. And that is very, very alarming. And then I think that Moving money via cryptocurrencies is continuing to trend upward. So before where money used to just get moved between bank accounts and you had this idea of like money muling via one financial institution to the next, now you're seeing money move into cryptocurrencies and pretty much evaporate immediately. It's irrecoverable if it gets into that form, isn't it? Yeah, it becomes incredibly more difficult to track and, and uh, to find once it gets there. Yeah, once it turns into crypto, it, it's practically gone. So Tyler, we've we've covered a lot of the things that are going on and you brought up some really great points that I think many of us hadn't really thought about with you know the COVID stuff, the employee benefits, the vaccine and solar wind. Listen, I it's going to take a while for everybody to figure out how far we're going to be dealing with those ramifications. So let's talk a little bit about what people can do to protect themselves. It starts to sound a little bit hopeless when you look at the entire chessboard, but I'm sure you have some prescriptions for people. So let's talk about that. This is where I spend the majority of my days. I know it does sound doom and gloom when you start to break down the frauds, you know, how they're coming at us nonstop. But there is a lot that you can do today. And I think that when it comes to protecting yourself, I'll kind of bifurcate this as consumer and then business. Uh, And and they, they have similar markers in each. But from a business perspective, I think one is that technology can really play a role in helping you to reduce this risk. So, you know, there's technologies like ours that certify. There's other technologies like Mimecast and email filters. And there's things that you can do 
to start to reduce the likelihood that you know business email compromise is going to take place. Turn on multi-factor authentication uh, on all of your devices and all of your accounts, um, and and just really start to look for ways that you can implement better tech to improve uh, your own hygiene. Next would be operational changes. So as a business, if you have a standard operating procedure and everyone is following that procedure, then when something changes or somebody asks for wiring instructions to be changed at the last minute as a seller, you're going to say, wait, 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 this isn't part of our process. This isn't part of our procedure. We should have received this information from a seller weeks ago. You know, that's our process. And I think uh, that can be really, really effective in a lot of organizations, as long as each and every employee who's responsible for their part in that process continues to, to do it uh, as intended on a regular basis. Do you recommend spot checking those? You know, a lot of times we see that an owner or manager will put a process in place, the employees nod, the manager or owner assumes that it continues, but then when the employees get caught in a time crunch, it can fall away sometimes. So you can sit at a manager level and say, yes, we have this process, but whether or not it's being done, is that something you recommend they spot check? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, when I speak to a process, I don't mean just a document that, you know, you signed off and said, oh, we have a process. The process is ultimately what you do day in and day out and if it's actually being utilized and followed. So, you know, set retrospectives with your team. We do a thing at Certified, you know, start, stop, continue. At the end of every week, you know, what are you doing well? What should we stop doing? What should we continue doing? And you can do the same thing with a process or to your point, you know, spot check. Go in and make sure that for any one file where all of the particular stops along that workflow conducted appropriately, or is there something that you could have done better? I think the next is employee training. So having the conversation, you know, sit down. This doesn't have to be a formal thing. You don't have to take tons of time to figure out how to set up training. Like just put everybody in a room together, get on a Zoom call and talk about a topic or watch a webinar together or watch, you know, a YouTube video about how to improve your own digital hygiene from a personal perspective. There's tons of training on email phishing, right? And like what to look out for. There's a lot of free resources from Google that'll teach you, you know, how to make sure that the email is in fact a legitimate email or not to click on certain links in an email. There's a ton of ways to do employee training for really low costs. So that one should be pretty easy for everybody. It's just a matter of putting it on the calendar and having the discipline to to get everybody together to have that conversation. And I think it would be worth of ask so that people don't feel like they need to go out and invent a training program. I think a lot of the underwriters and some of our other partners in the space have those programs put together and either A, already offering it to agents or B, would be happy to assist with that so that, you know, if I'm an owner and it's so busy right now and I haven't even seen my kids in eight months. Now I have to put together this program and I don't know what to look for. There probably are some plug and play from some other partners in the space that would be happy to share because it protects all of us, right? It's just a positive thing. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, we've been asked to do trainings with underwriters previously for their agents. You know, they are very active in this ecosystem and definitely want what's best for everybody, which is for transactions to go smoothly and for nobody to be affected by fraud. Yes, good. 
And I think the last one is just vendors and customer awareness. So, you know, the first three were more internal technology operations and training. But then you also need to have these conversations with the people who aren't wearing, you know, your logo on your shirt. They need to be told early and often of what your processes are, you know, what things you will and won't do, what things to look out for, what things are keeping you up at night from a a fraud perspective or just in general about how you want to conduct business uh, to make sure that everybody's going to be safe and that they're going to be able to get through a transaction smoothly. There's a lot there. And I think people can get tripped up in thinking that, oh, you know, where do I start? But honestly, just doing a little bit in any one of those can start to move the needle. And I think the last one in there that I would call out is just take a deep breath, like slow down. Everybody thinks that they have to get this done right away. And if they don't, you know, they're going to get in trouble. Well, I can tell you right now, everybody's going to be a lot more disappointed if they lose their money than if you know something goes an hour longer than, than it was anticipated to. So take the time that you need to just really check your work twice, make sure that it is going to the right people if you are sending money and, and really just give yourself that space to, to not make mistakes. That's really good advice. What are some things specifically then that Certified does to help, you know, protect the industry, protect customers, protect consumers' money? Talk a little bit about that, would you? First up is our technology. Certified helps make sure that you are doing business with who you think you're doing business with. We have an ID management layer where we want to make sure that that seller is in fact who they say they are and that their bank credentials are in fact correct so that you are not getting tricked by a fraudster. Uh, And same on the buyer side. We want to make sure that you are able to send your wiring instructions securely to a buyer so that they can ultimately send in their money for EMD or cash to close and that those transactions aren't going to get tampered with. The next part is insurance. So we've been able to get our product covered from an insurance carrier, and that syndicate provides a million dollars in coverage for every single wire that is verified via certified. And we have also been able to now provide additional coverage to buyers. So we now have a product, uh, we call it trip insurance for your wire. So when you go to buy an airline ticket, you have the ability to also buy insurance should something go wrong. We now have the same thing for every wire that goes through certified. So we enable a buyer to receive their wiring instructions. And in that process, they're given the option to purchase insurance. And we just say, hey, if anything were to go wrong, if you were to accidentally you know, get tricked or someone were to come into the last minute and try to encourage you to send money to a fraudulent account, We're going to be your recovery hotline and and first line of defense. And that's been a a very successful product and offering that we've been able to provide. Uh, One, because we have direct sort of red phone to red phone with the Secret Service, and we can now freeze bank accounts and help you in the event that you were to get tricked or money were to get sent to the wrong account, but also just in a, a heightened level of awareness. It's incredible what we've seen from a user experience standpoint. When somebody used to just receive their wiring instructions through certified, they'd think, why did I have to go through this whole process? Couldn't you have just sent me these in an email? But now all of a sudden, when they see 
that we present and we say how bad fraud is in the space. And oh, by the way, do you want to spend an extra couple dollars to protect this transfer? Even for the folks that say, no, you know, I don't, I don't need that extra protection. We've run a study to see their heightened level of awareness. The minute that you say, no, I don't need that, you know, you've bought an airline ticket before and you've said no and you think, oh, I really hope something doesn't go wrong. So that heightened sense of awareness um, has been has been amazing to see. And, and we're certainly proud of the benefits that buyers have had as a result of having title companies that use certified to, to keep them safe. And then finally, I think our, our training and education has been where we spend a ton of time. We want all of our title companies to be confident in their own business processes and in how they think about educating their own employees. And then we also want them to be confident to be able to talk to a buyer and, and have a conversation like this to be able to say like, hey, you know, fraud is bad and this industry is definitely getting targeted. And you as a buyer, you're going to likely receive some kind of fraudulent email or some kind of phishing attack during this transaction. But we're here to help. And here's how we're going to help. You know, we're utilizing certified as a product, but there's also other things we're going to do throughout the way to keep you informed and just be able to confidently have that conversation with somebody, giving them that understanding that it's going to be okay. It might be bad out there and there might be a lot happening uh, in the fraud landscape, but together we're going to get through it. We're going to close on time and you're ultimately going to get into that home that you've always wanted to to move into. I know it can sound to a title or settlement agent who's out there in their operations doing the work. All right, how much can this service really protect me? You know, Tom, I'm sure would have had the same questions a few years ago before he had to get educated on this because he was hit. And you were probably happily unaware before you came over and, and took your deep dive into the space. But it's, it's the layers on top of layers that you're able to offer. If it didn't significantly mitigate the risk, I don't think you guys would be able to back it up with a million dollar guarantee. No, exactly. And, and you're absolutely right. It's it's 100% a layered approach. And there have been plenty of companies who have come and looked at our solution and said, wow, you know, we could really utilize this in our operation. I'm just not sure we're ready for it. Like, what else could we do? Or are there other things? You know, and, we, and we're fine with that. We say, look, as long as you start with education and awareness, and that's number one, you know, if you don't want additional insurance and the, you know, the ease of use of technology for delivering wiring instructions right now, continue to do what you're doing. But please, please, please inform your consumers, let them know of the risks and just be extra careful with how you're handling those communications. And nine times out of 10, a couple months later, those customers are circling back around and saying, actually, I think we want the insurance. We almost got hit with a fraud or we just had a near miss. But that layered approach is what we all have to do. And, and it's simply how we're going to continue to build our technology and build our business because fraudsters are always looking for that next entry point, right? And, and the minute that we rest and the minute that we think we've got it figured out is the minute that you know we're going to fail as well. So got to stay on your A game from that perspective. All right. And I want to talk about whether it's easy or hard to use because I know you have integrations with most of the larger title production systems. So if you have one of those, you're good to go. It's basically baked right 
right into your title production platform. But for those who aren't customers with one of those title production platforms, is it still easy to use and work with you guys or how does that work? Yep. Certified is super easy to use. We are integrated with a number of title production platforms, including RamQuest. And even if you are not on one of those platforms or don't use the integration, it is super simple. All we need is a name, email address, and phone number for either a buyer or a seller. And that gets us started in validating that individual and their instructions to make sure that money is going to move securely. So we always say that even if you're not integrated, it's an extra like three clicks, less than a minute, and you're going to get a million dollars in coverage on every one of your transfers. So We believe it is well worth it. We're really glad to have your wisdom and insights. Again, you guys live in this space every day. It's something that in the title settlement world, we fear and we try to protect ourselves against, but it can seem like a whole big landscape that we're maybe not ready to scale the whole thing ourselves, but it's nagging out there that we know we need to. So the advice that you gave today, the experience that you bring to this and especially giving us some of these COVID-related new hot scams that maybe people weren't as up to speed currently as they could have been, have been very, very valuable. So any final words of wisdom, COVID advice, business advice, anything that you'd like to leave people with before we go? Yeah, I would just say don't be scared, but be cautious. There's no reason to freak out or to think that you're definitely going to fall victim to fraud, but I think that we all just need to have a level of caution and pessimism in emails. You're going to get through it. Just make sure that your team is aware and and that people aren't afraid to have the conversation, you know, make sure that that's part of your culture, that you're willing to raise your hand and say, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this, or I don't think this is the right thing for us to do or the right email or the right user. And when in doubt, you know, send a check, but ultimately it's going to be okay. And just don't be so nervous. Definitely take your time, take a deep breath. You're going to be all right. Tyler, thanks again for joining us on Pandemic Practices. It was great to have you. You are very welcome, Mary. Great to, great to be here. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to talk about your fraud fighting posture with Tyler directly, you can reach him via email at tadams, that's T-A-D-A-M-S, at certified, and that's C-E-R-T-I-F-I-D.com. My biggest takeaway from this discussion is that no matter where you are on your fraud fighting journey, there is always help to learn how to mitigate your risks down even further without having to go down into a bunker, don a hoodie, and spend your life surfing the dark web to find the next scheme that can hurt you and your business. So reach out, phone a friend. We truly are all in this together. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll be back next time with another interesting guest. We'll keep focusing on the issues that matter most to your business today. Until then, this is Mary Schuster, and remember, what you do really matters.